You're listening to the Mother of All Solutions, stories from mums as they navigate their return to work. With me, Laura Broderick. It's Tuesday the 7th of June and I'm sat at home. It's a really hot sunny day, not long back from the school run. The kids have got snacks and iPads for the time being. Um, But I'm recording this episode having just got back from an event at the House of Commons in the Jubilee Room there that was called Sharing the Juggle, organised by John Lewis. Um, So it was organised through a private sector business, obviously a large business, who are looking at their employment policies and what they can do to support working parents, specifically looking at offering equal parental leave above and beyond the shared parental leave offer, which, as we know from previous episodes and reading articles hasn't always been taken up that well by fathers, um, either through lack of knowledge about it or stigma around it, or the fact that, you know, ultimately you have to share your leave. So the woman has to give up some of the maternity leave if um, the father or secondary caregiver is to take some of that leave um, for themselves. So it isn't always seen as an ideal option though increasingly it has become more and more popular and I know more and more people local to me who are using it and doing it but with John Lewis what they're looking at and offering is equal parental leave so I think the conversation was set up through them to share that but they invited a panel of speakers including Elliot Ray of Music Football Fatherhood and Jolie Breeley of Pregnant Then Screwed and I have audio clips from them to share in this episode um, not directly from the panel discussion, but from their um, commentary afterwards. There was also the MP Caroline Noakes and the Minister Paul Scully there, and representatives from John Lewis, Homestart, and facilitated um, by a podcaster Aisha Murray. So it was a great event. I attended with my friend Leona Fensum of Inkslingers Media and her four-year-old. And we got there early. It was quite a busy room, but we met some really nice people. There were a few other kids around, which was really nice. There weren't quite as many men in the room as I'd thought there would be, considering like the premise was starting with, you know, parental leave being improved through businesses um, like John Lewis. So that kind of surprised me a weeny bit. Um, but I'm sure Elliot will be sharing some thoughts on the on the event through his networks, which includes a lot of dads. There was a few um, polls put out for audience members to kind of vote on. So one was around um, what do we as the attendees at the event think would be the priorities for supporting families. Um, So the highest one, probably no surprise, 46% votes went for, you know, improvements on childcare costs or reducing those childcare costs. And then 23% for flexible working options and 23% for parental leave reform. And there was another poll around how much should parental leave, like, you know, what would be a a good minimum. And I think the highest vote for that was a minimum length of three months came in at 58%. And then we heard the panel discussion and there was lots to take away. Um, As I'm sure you would imagine, you know, listeners of Mother of All Solutions, lots around what can we do to support parents? The Obviously, the focus for John Lewis was around um, the, the the equal parental leave. 
but looking at what else is there so topics around flexibility not just working from home and that being open to lots of people in various job settings not just those in either well-paid jobs or jobs that can be done through a computer screen at home so looking at how various types of flexibility can work for people childcare came up of course you know we are living in a country with such expensive childcare and we know that child care workers aren't paid well either so what's the gap why is there not the funding and support for the sector so that was brought up a few times um and I'm sure Jolie will say a little bit about that um women returning from work and you know new stats that there's been a huge plummet in women leaving the the workforce um the worst in decades so yeah so what's going on and around all this you know what can businesses do um government what's government doing to you know make this change happen to support parents and ultimately to support the kids i know that um caroline as um an mp referenced the fact that the the flexibility from day one um within job opportunities still wasn't there and it's you know not been at the forefront of political agendas So I hope just for you now, hearing a little bit from Elliot and then later from Jolie, it might make you reflect on some of those topics yourself and yeah, maybe sort of think about what your next steps could be. So we are at the House of Commons. I've been at the Sharing the Juggle event organised by John Lewis um, to kind of talk about issues around parental leave, but also wider issues of childcare and work and equal parenting. And I'm joined by Elliot Ray, founder of Music Football Fatherhood, who was part of the panel. So hi, Elliot. Hey, Laura. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. And really good. nice to finally meet you after like messages over the past year or two. Yeah, so, yeah. it's been two years of Zooms. Yeah. But we're here. We're in, here. In, in person. It's great. So Elliot, um, you were on a panel with lots of other fantastic speakers, including Jolie Breely of Pregnant Then Screwed, who listeners and Mother of All Solutions will know I reference quite a lot. Mm. Um, do you want to just sort of summarise to you, for, for the listeners, sorry, some mm. of your kind of key takeaways and some of your key points? Because I, I picked up on some of the things you were saying around childcare costs and mental health of fathers as well as mothers. So do you want to maybe just expand on that and yeah, give us a flavour of what's happened on the panel today? Yeah, so interesting one. I mean, I think coming to these events, you want to be positive and think about a way future, a, a, few, a way to the future, but also to just reflect the reality. Yeah. And, you know, I was thinking long and hard about getting that balance. I don't want to come and depress people, mm. <laughs> but at the same time, we need to be real I mean, to talk about the facts and the evidence and where we are at the moment so I think my key points were like we have and we are entering a crisis we already have a crisis but it's going to get a lot worse in October when energy bill, bills go up by 42% at the moment we have a lot of parents struggling to access good mental health support we have extortionate childcare costs which damage families which affect relationships we have flexible working itty bitty in different employers and different organizations there's no good legislation around that we have a very 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 poor paternity leave just that's true for two weeks so all these things make the perfect storm of a lot of families struggling a lot of the children not having 
both active healthy parents around a lot of relationships and marriages breaking up a lot of parents going through exhaustion and, and needing mental health support and it's it's a problem it really is a problem and I was speaking about the work we do which is largely around dads in terms of building community having conversations around gender-based parenting around how we can be the best to support our family around work around loss all those you know vulnerability is our thing open conversations around fatherhood we work with employers to engage dads to talk about masculinity in the workplace mental health we work with NHS but ultimately I was saying the work that we do and the work that lots of other organizations do around this stuff is not going to be effective not going to be as effective I should say if we don't have fundamental change at a government level so we need affordable childcare. We need an extension of that paternity leave. We need some good legislation around flexible working. We need better NHS support and better funding to enable mental health support to new dads and new parents. So there's a lot to do. There's a lot to change. I think I tried to leave it on a positive note <laughs> by saying that ultimately, you know, yourself, Laura, other people that are doing work like this, whether you're a podcaster, a broadcaster, uh, your employee network lead, you're a campaigner, Whatever it is, even just a parent, like you can make a difference in your community, in your family, in your workplace. You can write to your MP. There's stuff that you can do. So it's not to say that it's all doom and gloom. There are very neg- there's lots of negatives to reflect on. But ultimately, I think in five, ten years, hopefully, we'll be having a different conversation, especially around paternity leave. I believe lots of employers are are taking the responsibility themselves, and in a few years the conversation around workplace paternity leave will be completely different. Um, but yeah, it's been a great event, great panellists, very small and hot room. <laughs> I know, we always complain about venues, but you know, what fantastic summary you've just given us, Elliot, because obviously lots of people listening won't have made it into that hot, crowded room. But we're in the House of Commons, and as you say, for change to come, the individuals can make change, write to your MP, etc. But we are in the House of Commons now. We had two MPs there. We had Caroline Noakes, and we also had Paul Scully talking about speed or being asked I should say about speed of change I know you're reflecting the perfect storm but also trying to be positive do you think the change is going to come quick enough to improve the mental health of parents and the balance of their kind of work lives and their personal lives and also the children within this and children from all sectors not just privileged families who have you know two working parents with you know salaries that cover cover the extortionate childcare costs you know all parents all kids do you think the change is going to come quick enough i don't to be honest if i'm completely honest i don't think so i think maybe not in our lifetime or in our you know next few next couple of decades um as our as our children grow up depending on how old your children are i don't know if i'm completely honest i don't know because i think what we're about to see in the next few months and what I see just walking around. Like I've come to London now, we're out of lockdown and I'm noticing there's more homeless people. I'm noticing there's more people asking for money on the trains. You know, like the economy isn't, isn't in, a good, <laughs> in a good way. Sometimes, you know, I'm very privileged, I'm middle class, I have a good salary or whatever. So you can, you can be blindsided because you're just in your own world, you know, and I don't see a lot of stuff on my street. But a lot of people are struggling and it's going to get worse and I don't think that the speed is there that's going to fix it any in the in near future but I do believe in future generations things will change I think for our children things will be different because the conversation is happening the groundswell is going to happen and eventually we're going to get to that place where we can't ignore and we have to do stuff I just don't know if it's going to be quick enough and quick enough is like now basically you know like I don't know if that's going to happen when Paul was 
to the Minister for Small Business and, uh, the, and the Labour Market was speaking about the paternity leave and he very conveniently flipped it onto childcare costs. I tried to bring him back onto that paternity leave and say, look, shared parental leave doesn't work. We know it doesn't work. We've had seven years of it. Take up is some research reports say two to 5%. Even when you enhance it with more financial, more finances and a better financial package, the take up is a little bit more, but not enough to, to get the change we want to see. So we need ring fence paid paternity leave, two months, three months. The response was, oh, you know, we kind of have a lot of other stuff on, basically, and that's not a top priority. That's what I got from the response. So judging from that and what I see, I don't know if we're going to get it in the near future. But I am optimistic, though, because the world has changed and things will change. And in the years to come, we will see changes, I think. And in 10 years, I do think in some of these aspects around parental support and fatherhood support, we will see big changes. Will it be enough to get to the, to the world we want to see? I don't know, but I feel like things have changed a lot in the last five years and that will carry on in the future as well. Yeah. So two more questions. One was around, um, well, we talked about change, speed of change, maybe not being as quick as both you and I want it to be. Um, you talked about what Paul Scully said. What about um, the final question, which I thought was really interesting from a member of the audience, which is about the kind of the child in this. You know, yeah. we've talked a lot and I talk a lot about yeah. women returning to work and often the argument is made for improving returns to work as an economic benefit. If, if governments or businesses don't see it from an individual benefit, they might see it as an economic, get these women back into work. And Jolie said that, you know, the Office for National Statistics data shows that the rollback is massive, like bigger than decades in maternal um, employment. So that's a depressing thing. But an economic benefit might be an argument. Thinking about the, the child, though, as I say, a member of the floor asked about that. How do we get people the decision makers to actually see that we're not doing this selfishly so that we can have you know the best salaries that are out there that we actually just want a good quality of life for our kids but also the kids that we see where we live who benefit from early years resource who benefit from happy healthy parents you know how 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 do we make the case like how does it Sorry, this is a really big, deep question that I haven't thought through properly, Elliot, but all these layers of what's going to make the change happen, I think, is really fascinating. Like, And I think that lady on the in the audience who did ask, say, how can we make this child-centred again, really struck me, because it's not the approach I've put into the podcast before, but it's something I think we need to dwell on have you got, just got any thoughts on that yeah it was a great point and in my work it's something that i've been thinking about actually because i think when i when i go and talk to employers a lot of the conversation is on the business benefits you know retention recruitment staff engagement that kind of thing and some there, there is part there is a part of like you need to speak to people's language so unfortunately most business leaders i don't think will 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 not say they don't care but front of mind is not my child's your child's well-being it's just not you know it's going to be how do we retain our best talent how do we re recruit the best people how do we keep our people happy you know that is it's, it's a bit short-sighted but i think part of it is we have to speak their language in some environments we're talking to mps and, and government part of it the economy that is the language they speak but i, I wholeheartedly agree is that 
that word investment was really strong. You know, this, this work we're doing, again, it's not just for us. Of course it is for us, but it's also for massively for our, our children. And the investment in us means an investment in our children, means healthier adults who have well-functioning relationships, who, when it comes to boys, understand what it means to be a man and understand things around consent. And that affects gender inequalities around violence against women and it means more educated people can go and do be, be better employees or business owners and probably less crime like it is massive right yeah. it probably saves and i don't know the data but i'm sure it saves money overall in terms of policing nhs mental health health overall those kind of outcomes yeah. there this is an investment in our future the children are going to be here when we're not yeah. so investing in them and making sure they have all the support they need to thrive we know impo how important that zero to ten is you know my daughter's six now yeah. And I'm so conscious of like trying to shape her in the best way and not and make sure she doesn't grow up with, you know, some issues from my childhood. And I'm very lucky. My parents did a great job. <laughs> I saw your dad being interviewed on something. I remember. Like, yeah, yeah. that was on the documentary Becoming Dad. <laughs> on, uh, yeah. But, you know, my parents gave me a great example. And and thing wrong, life is hard, but I feel like I'm very equipped to deal with life's challenges. And I had a security growing up and two loving parents who were, yeah, they were busy and they were struggling, but they were able to be there enough for me and I've, I've seen and I'm learning more about the impact if that doesn't happen um, not the not just the impact on, on that person but on other people and other services you know it's massive so I think that was that was a great point we do need to, to, to center the child in these discussions at the same time I do understand the point of when we're talking to different people in different positions what is the language what do they what do they what are they going to listen to and how do we persuade different people in different environments? So it's a, it's a balance. Well, thank you so much, Elliot. Like, thank you for being on the panel today and for speaking to me now and for continuing to speak to businesses and government and your network of dads. So um, thank you. Oh, thanks, Laura. And oh. continue doing the work. As I said, we can individually make change and you're doing this podcast and putting the messages out there and just spreading the news will have an impact, a massive impact. So thank you for having me. Hi, Laura. The reason why I used the term a historic rollback in gender equality is because the Office of National Statistics published some recent data which showed that for the first time in three decades, the number of women leaving the workforce to look after family has increased. Overall, it's increased by 5%. It's a sustained increase. So although there are ups and downs in the data, this is a, a sustained increase over a period of time. But what's even more shocking is that for women between the age of 25 to 34, the, the number that have left the workforce to look after family has increased by 13% in the last 12 months. So that's a big jump. And the looking at what's happened over the last 12 months, the really logical explanation for this is childcare costs, because you've got a cost of living crisis. So people are, their expenditure has gone up. They're trying to figure out how they can reduce their costs. Their salaries aren't increasing and childcare costs are increasing. And we know that for the majority of families, childcare costs, sorry, I should say the majority of families with children under the age of five, childcare costs are their biggest expenditure and so they if you don't have family close by you have no choice but to leave work in order to look after your own children and data that we collected in 2020 showed that for a third of mothers they either pay to go to work 
or they just break even and things have got even worse than then. So the key issue for us at the moment is trying to tackle childcare costs. It's trying to get the government to do something about the fact that we have the most expensive childcare system in the world as a proportion of women's earnings. I don't understand why it's such a radical thing to say that we should have a universal free childcare system. We have a free education system. We have a free healthcare system. Why should we not have a free early years education system? They do this in other countries, uh, yet we don't invest very much in our early years childcare system at all. And if we look at what Canada has just done, they've recently pledged to invest £30 billion in their childcare sector. And they've not done this out of the goodness of their hearts. They've done this because they crunched the numbers and they worked out that for every dollar you invest in childcare, you get between $1.50 and $2.80 back into the wider economy. And the way that they analyse that is the province of Quebec has been doing this for a really long time. They've created a childcare system where it's $10 a day and they have been documenting and analysing the impact of that and then looking at what that would look like if you rolled it out across the rest of Canada. And so they call this a hat trick of jobs and growth. Meanwhile, in the UK, we are just seeing this as an expense and not an investment. We have been campaigning on childcare costs now for six years. And for five of those years, it felt like we were banging our heads against a brick wall. Nobody was listening. We were talking to uh, various MPs. Uh, We were talking to uh, pressure groups. We were talking to think tanks. And nobody seemed interested in this notion of investing in the childcare sector. But very recently, it feels like there is a different conversation happening at the very senior levels in government and they are paying attention to this. And that's in part due to the work of lots of different organisations, but also you, everybody that's listening to this podcast, people that have uh, populated our surveys, people that have written to their MPs and said, we need to do something about childcare. And finally, finally, they are listening. So we did find out After the event on Tuesday, I attended a roundtable with Siobhan Bailey MP on childcare costs and they told me that this now is a priority within government. Following that, there was an impromptu debate in Westminster attended by various MPs where, again, the case was presented for investing in childcare and the impact costs are having on families. And later that evening... We saw that a blog had been published on the government website saying that they are now looking at childcare costs and there will be announcement in the next two to three weeks. The following day, Helen Hayes MP, who's a Labour MP, uh, asked a question again about childcare, stating the Office of National Statistics data and asking when the government is going to look at this. And Liz Truss, who is the Women and Equalities Minister, said that there will be an announcement in this very soon. So it's very clear that something is happening at the very senior levels of government. We don't know what that announcement will be, but uh, we feel very pleased that finally this really is being taken seriously. So a fantastic bit of news to end this episode on there from Jolie. Um, I hope that 
conversation and her input then at the end um has made you I don't know like made you feel like there's some hope and that the speed of change might be coming quicker than yeah quicker than we thought on the day of the panel so yeah I hope that message is good news um for a lot of you who are still paying for lots of childcare um and working out how to best manage the juggle <laughs> best share the juggle um best embrace the juggle but to do that with support of government behind you is massive so let's hope and yeah any more surveys that come out through pregnant then screwed please fill them in and yeah thank you to everyone who was on the panel and special thanks to Elliot and to Jolie for contributing to this episode and thank you to Leona and her fantastic daughter for coming with me to the event take care listeners and yeah do share with your friends if you've enjoyed the episode and do keep in touch with the podcast mother of all solutions via twitter and instagram at solutions mother or you can reach out to me on email mother of all solutions at gmail.com i'd love to hear from you all right thanks take care bye yeah, she makes a podcast series